Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Happy. You want to fill in Birthday. No, 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 no. Try again. Happy St. Patrick's Day! Not yet, not yet. We're not there yet. Happy Thursday? Lent! Oh. Lent! Happy Lent! Happy Lent to you, Missy. That's a thing. What did you give up? Christianity! That's what you gave up <laughs> sure for did. Lent and every other uh, time of the Christian calendar. Yes! Uh, I gave up uh, chocolate and wine and Starbucks. Oh, wow. I know. The threefer. That's a lot. You know what I didn't give up? What? This podcast, Kate. Aww. I didn't give up this podcast. I didn't give up on you. Th- thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and what? What? what is this podcast? I don't know anymore. <laughs> oh, sure. I need this. Well, yeah. Fair point. It's the Christian podcast. It's the Christian podcast where we talk about the Lent. <laughs> anyway. Podcast. We talk about picture books here, actually. Sure. As it turns out. Sometimes. And if they're... Christian. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) Now that would be a very interesting podcast. Like it'd be like where the wild things are. Not. Very hungry caterpillar? Maybe. On the seventh day, he rose again as a butterfly. No, we actually determine uh, whether books are classics or not. Now last week we did a very popular book many people had heard of. Yeah. large swaths of the population because yeah, i thought people, we should do popular books once in a while people were all over our instagram they were all over with the voting we'll get to the, we'll get to the banana vote later uh, <laughs> i will ask you about that but that'll that'll happen in the letters time but um this week i decided to go 180 degrees in the other direction and do it's time once again for cult classics. Okay. Cult classics, my friend. These are picture books where a tiny segment of the population is freaking obsessed with this book and no one else has heard of it. Okay. And I got you a doozy. I, lo- I wanted this book so bad, I literally bought it. I spent money, Kate, because <laughs> no library in my system had it, which is a crime. And I'm half tempted to donate this to my library, but I'm not because now I have my own copy. So suck it, library. Um, so no, I'm this... going to quote that Betsy Bird. Suck it, library. Suck it, library. <laughs> like, why Betsy get fired? Oh, you don't want to know. Um, no, but I actually even at the moment that this book arrived, someone out of the blue uh, messaged me and said, "By the way." Uh, I'm highlighting this book. You really should do it on the podcast. And I was like, is it a sign from God? Yes, I will totally do that. I just bought it. So I, we have to do it now. Are you ready? No. For my favorite cult classic Def- of all time. And I mean all time. <laughs> definitely not. Else Marie and the Seven Little Daddies. Bye. Go, go ahead. Go for it. It's Swedish. Um, Piha Lindenbaum. Sure. Uh, yes, Else Marie and the Seven Little Daddies, because most most girls have one big daddy, but she has seven little ones. This is a this is a beauty. Uh, it was translated in America in 1991. I believe it originally came out in Sweden in the late 80s. It is a lovely, 
examination of contemporary city Swedish life, my friend. Uh, wait till you find out what the daddy's job is. It's beautiful. Go read that weird book. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's learn more about Pija Lindebaum. Uh, Pija Lindebaum. Yes, she's Swedish. Um, yeah, here's the problem. So uh, we're here in America. We are not in Sweden. And finding English translations of biographical information about her can be awfully difficult. There are a couple of things we do know. We do know that some of her books were translated into English. And of that group, a smaller section were brought here to America. I have definitely seen Boodle, my dog, here, and I definitely, definitely saw the fantastic Minnie Mia and her darling uncle, which was one of the early picture books that had a gay relative in it, and that wasn't, like, the whole focus of the story. It was, it was because she was jealous of his new boyfriend. Um, his, you know, Mia is the niece of... It's a great book. You guys should check it out. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. The point is that Pisha Lindebaum has had a wonderful career. Uh, from 1999 to 2007, she had the 14th chair of the Swedish Academy for Children's Books. And in 2008, she actually got an Astrid Lindgren Award nomination. Uh, she once won the award at the Bologna Children's Book Fair for the Top Illustrator Award, which is very impressive. And she just all around seems like a fun person. Beyond that, we don't have a ton of information about her. So if you know more information about her, please write in at fusekdate at gmail.com. You're back! I'm back. I wrote a super weird book. <laughs> but it's also, like, normal and sweet, too. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Please, explain more about this little book. Well, um, we meet this girl named Else Marie, mm -hmm. uh, who explains that she has uh, seven dads. Like you do. Like you do. And it there, happens. And there's two things that date this book. And Just the, two. All right. I think so. Okay. I mean, yeah. actually, you you might actually be right. But tell me the two things. I think the two things that date this book are well, number one is the very, well, the second page. It says, My daddies work in the city. They have an office where they sell car phones. That's my favorite. It's my favorite line. And then I had to look up, time. when did this book come out? Oh, that's right, 1991. Yes. So that's... Car phones. Well, in, in 1991 here in America, it was probably out years before that in uh, Sweden. So so in the 80s. Yeah. How's that job going, daddies? How you doing? Um, well, they I, were, hope they, I hope they, they, they got retired. picked up by... Yeah. Or, or, or started working for Verizon at some point, which is fine. <laughs> you can do that. That's okay. Um, have you ever been to Sweden? I've never been to Sweden. Have you been to Sweden? I've been to Sweden. <gasps> what part of Sweden? Uh, Stockholm. Ooh. Yeah, I can't say much about their uh, pistachio nut bars. It didn't look appealing to me. But they do have delicious candy. 
Do they? They do. Uh. So I imagine that the, all sweets must be good. Yeah, then. well, right? and sweets sure. get mentioned a couple times in this book. So, they do. Yeah. yeah, they like the dads bring home a pistachio nut bar. Uh, the daughter explains that after dinner, the dads usually like to play with her, but if they're tired, they just read the newspaper or do some work. Um, there's two, uh, well, well, one's a brand and one's a title that I'm surprised that the illustrator could put in here. The first one being the board game Monopoly. I'm a little surprised as well. Um, this happens sometimes when you'll see like a brand name in there and you're like, did you get away with it because it was a translation and no one noticed this book came out in America? Because sometimes I think that might be the case, but... Yeah, it's it's an illustration of the board game Monopoly and it's totally fine. And then later there's, you can see she's reading the book, The Little Prince. Oh yeah, well you can do book titles. Titles of of books I think are okay. Because there was one book where like, uh, like it was called Dreamers by Juju Morales, and it was just like wall to wall covers of other books when she goes in the library. So oh, okay. yeah, it was. Kind I of guess like, those aren't right. trademarked. I don't think so. Yeah, or free advertising, I suppose. Well, in the living room, there's a photograph of uh the mother and her seven fathers wedding day, <laughs> and it's like the mother and then the seven tiny little groom men. I can't men. help but think that. It's possible. We we have no books for polyamorous or or larger families that have kids. This is the closest thing I've ever seen to it. I mean, I is anyone else wondering about the logistics of how Oh, I once they get to the um the beach picture, I that's when I started wondering about the logistics. Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz I was oh, wondering yeah. how does one I would Don't say nor- even... normal sized woman Yep. plus she's seven tiny men make you know... one little girl. <laughs> You know, nature finds a way. I think that's that's the lesson we need that, to take away from that. Is that what people tell their children? Is that nature finds a <laughs> nature way. Nature finds a way, sweetheart. Love is love. Some, sometimes a when, woman when and a, seven little men <laughs> love each other very, very much. And beyond that, use your imagination. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the little prince title comes up when uh, the seven fathers will read her a bedtime story, but they trade lines like... Father number one will read this line. Father number two will read the next line. But then they lose track and some of them fall asleep. They should assign parts. I mean, like maybe one daddy's like really good at the snake and maybe another daddy's like really good at the fox. And then they could read it that way. Because you can see the one daddy who's like falling asleep. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So she says that they start their mornings the same way every morning is that, you know, she... Uh, it takes a long time to get up in the morning, and then eventually when she does get up, she uses the bathroom, and this is what I thought was interesting. In the illustration of the door, the bathroom door being closed with all the fathers, like, waiting outside the bathroom door mm-hmm. to try and get in, Yeah, there's a little red mark, kind of like how you would see on an airplane door when you know that it's vacant or not vacant. Oh! They have that on their home bathroom door. I wonder if that's a thing. Maybe the Swedes do that in their home. I mean, if you just lock the door, I don't know if we can generalize an entire country based on one illustration. I'm just going to generalize. I've never been there, so I'm just going (laughs) to say stuff about them based on nothing but a picture book that came out in '91. (laughs) Sure, that works. And then when the fathers are wondering, like, what is she doing in this bathroom the entire time? Like, we got to get in there. We're running late. It's an illustration of her just sitting on the toilet reading a comic book. But there's something Looks like the Phantom. <laughs> there's something dangling from above her head, and I was like, "This is either a light, or it's like a flush." One of those cord. toilets. Really, wouldn't the 
but wouldn't the bowl be up above if the cord is up above? Like, isn't that how know. they used to work? I don't know what it is. I if it is either. something to flush Maybe the it's toilet. an air freshener. Maybe they have something, like, hanging to freshen the air in the bathroom. I don't know. If, if I, don't it, know. I was just thinking, if it is something to pull down on for the dad's to flush mm-hmm. how do the dads flush when it is hanging right. how from the ceiling even... also that's a really big toilet for them i'm just saying <laughs> it is it's really big on the on the bottom like on the floor you can see that there's like a wash tub with like <laughs> 14 little pairs of socks <laughs> little socks it's like i love that it's just such a homey detail like yeah in your house and then you want to clean your socks you just put them in a bowl of water in the bathroom it's cute why not so at the breakfast table, the mother explains, oh, just so you know, I can't pick you up from your playgroup after school. Your dads are going to have to pick you up instead. And the little girl's freaking out because her dads have never picked her up before. So she's just thinking about all these like crazy scenarios. Of Worst case scenarios. Happen. Yeah. And she's like, no one's dads are like mine. Like they have one big dad. I have... Seven little tiny dads that are jumping out of bed and singing nursery rhymes. Like, this is not normal. (laughs) I don't know much. I haven't been on this earth very long, but I'm pretty sure this is not normal. But here's a question for you. In the illustration of the dads, like, jumping on the bed as the mom is trying to make the bed, Mm -hmm. there is something plugged into the wall next to the bed, and I don't know what it is. Is that a hairdryer? I thought it might be a hairdryer. From a distance, it looks like a hairdryer. why would you have that in your bedroom? I literally don't know unless you can't get into the bathroom all the time because there's like nine people in your home. So I don't know. It I It think, is a weird place. Do you have to charge it? Maybe it's like a bat. Like maybe it has a battery. I think we should put this on Instagram and ask right. people, what do you think? This we are going to ask people. You're going to have to look at this picture on our Instagram page and tell us what is this thing? And the Instagram uh, name for this is fuse, the number eight, Kate. Okay, so I think it's really cute that the little girl is, she's both embarrassed and protective of her dads because she's on the bus with her mom going to school and she's just thinking about all the ways that her dads are going to die. Yeah, they're (laughs) going to humiliate me and what if they get hurt? Exactly. Yeah. She's thinking about like her friend that, um, her friend's sister that walks this dog. Spuds McKenzie, apparently. It's named Spike. (laughs) Okay, so that's pretty close to Spuds. And, you know, she's thinking about, well, what if the dog, like, you know, tries to eat my dad's? And it's it's cute. It's It's, fair point. It it reminds me of, like, an older sibling being both protective and embarrassed of their younger sibling. Yes, very much so. Whoever is smaller than you. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, she's at school. She's not paying attention. Like, her mind is wandering to how her dads are going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's in art class, and her her art teacher's like, draw whatever you want. She's like, so I drew a sausage. <laughs> and then her t- art teacher's like, that's a great hippopotamus, but it needs some legs. So she put legs on her sausage. And I'm thinking, this is my tattoo, folks. <laughs> I haven't had a tattoo in a kid's book in a while. You haven't. This is, uh, is going to be my tattoo. Worthy. I'm going to agree. Sausage with legs. Sausage with legs. That's my tattoo. It's definitely a sausage. You can even see the, like, the little tied off part exactly. at the end. I like that rather than explaining it, she just was like, yeah, I'll just put legs on it, whatever. She's my, too distracted. This is not where my mind is right now. Yeah. So then she, after school, she goes over uh, to do her play group and... I think it's nice that this book normalizes boys and girls playing with dolls. Yes. Even if it is a terrifying vision that you have conjured up of a worst case scenario. Well, yes. Else Marie is imagining that the kids are going to use her dad's like dolls and try and dress them up and put them in the baby carriage and all that stuff. 
Um, so she, <laughs> the head of this playgroup, uh, Ms. Barnwell, she's like, you don't look so good. Maybe you should go lay down. And Elsmarie's like, yeah, okay. And she's in this, uh, like, staff room, just laying on a couch. And there's a piece of art above the couch. Now, this must be an actual piece of art, but it is terrifying. I don't know what that is. But, yeah, it must be based on an actual piece of art that someone would look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. I think we have a lot of art history majors that listen to this podcast. I mean, we're going to have to put it on the Instagram as well, aren't we? Because we don't know what that is. But can I compliment the chair, the furniture? These chairs... I, I know these chairs. These are these 1970s chairs, 1960s, 1970s chairs that filled teachers' lounges and library staff rooms. I can tell you that for a fact all over our fair country because I'm looking at them. I'm like, I have sat in that chair. I think they're mid-century modern. I think they're even before oh, the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they were purchased in the 60s and 70s because of their coloring. Yeah. yeah. So... As she's having a, she's falling asleep on the couch, and as Elsa Marie is having a dream about Ms. Barnwell sitting on her father's during story time. <laughs> she's got, um, she's got her, quite the, the her, butt. Her fathers have arrived, and the parents, like, the the, the teachers, like, they pay no mind. They're like, okay, oh, your dads are here. Do you want to go sit down for story time? And she's like, nope, got to go. And I'm thinking, look, the adults clearly don't have a problem. Yeah. Why are you freaking out? Like, mm-hmm. Well, isn't that the case, though? Like, you, like, built something so big in your mind, and then other people are like, what? This is, like, fine. So they're showing off the birdhouses that they made that day, and, uh, you know, Alice Marie just wants to go, but the seven dads apparently used to love birds. They watched birds. They studied birds. They went on bird-watching expeditions. They're going inside the birdhouses to make sure there's no nails sticking out. And then at that point... Um, Elsa Marie can relax a little. She's like, oh, I guess not all dads know birds as much as my dads. She's like, that's kind of cool. And then they sit sit down for story time and no one sits on her dad's. (laughs) Hey, bonus. It's a miracle. Yeah. So they, they all get on the bus. Oh, the dog's outside the window. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the dog is being walked and the woman who's sitting (laughs) behind Elsa Marie and her seven dads clearly does not like the dog well, it's not mentioned in the text at all no 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 it's just the illustrator's like i'm just gonna make this old woman freak She's out over gonna a dog. Hate that dog <laughs> yeah but um no it's really cute like they talk about their day on the bus they go get some cream puffs and then when they all get to the house they all eat the cream puffs before the mom comes home so that the mom doesn't know that they all ate cream puffs <laughs> which is <laughs> yep that's right mm-hmm. but here's the other thing that i think dates this book oh after dinner um, mom, the seven dads, and Elsa Marie are all sitting around a photo album looking at photos. True. You would not be well, sitting around a yeah. photo album anymore. I mean, we have photo albums, but they tend to be from before my kid was born. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. But actual physical, but actual pictures, physical pictures that are yeah. in an album. You With the little corners yeah, that you, you would like to like, put down. Yeah, you don't see that much anymore. So that's the other thing that I think dates this book. But they're yeah. looking at photos of, um them in greece and and getting a suntan and i'm looking at these two photos and i'm thinking i counted six dads what which means one of them in both photos must be taking oh the they're picture. taking the picture however are if it's a normal size camera they wouldn't be able to lift it up at well, the maybe angles. it's not a normal size camera maybe it's so is a... it a tiny camera which then would produce tiny film which then develops tiny pictures or it's on a tripod and they're just pressing the button maybe i don't know it's a good question i don't know it's a good question. again the logistics. loving mom's bikini 
love it. <laughs> well, I like that they don't depict her as like a oh, no. hundred pound twig. Like no, she's got a she had a kid once. This is evident. Yes, but at the end of the book, you know, it just says like you know they're they're looking at these photos, and Else Marie says, "I wouldn't trade my seven little daddies, not for all the daddies in the world." Oh, at the end. So. Uh, even, even P.J. Lindebaum knew this book was weird when it came out. And, uh, so I found a quote from her, uh, which someone had translated, which was good because most of the information I could find on her was not translated, but apparently, um, she, she publishes it and she said, when my first manuscript with illustrations, Else Marie and her seven little daddies was completed, wrapped in a parcel and on its way to being published, I didn't realize that the book would be given such a reception or I would arouse such feeling in readers from different countries. I only thought I had written a fairy tale, an unbelievable story to laugh at, but people wanted to know who the author was and how I really felt. It was quite amusing to me that people talked more about me than my book. During the book fair in Bologna that year, a German publisher asked my publisher for a copy of the book to take to her psychiatrist. Some people didn't think it was possible to publish it, but there were many who dared, and that made me very happy and grateful. And uh, it went on, it was awarded three literary prizes, and uh, has been adapted to the stage. Wow. Which I would like to see that show very much. Do you do them as puppets? Do you make her a puppet and have them normal sized? Like hmm. how it would, I don't. How would you do it? I don't know. Do you have kids play the daddies and then like have Elsmarie played by a woman? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah. Are they played by kittens? Okay. The possibilities are endless. I, I, I don't know about that. All one. right, all right. Ratings time. Well, it's definitely weird. I love the book. Um, but I don't hate the illustrations. I do think it's a bit dated. Um, am I going to remember this title? No. Oh, I can't remember the title at no. all. No. 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 Um, but is it a classic in maybe in like cult classic world? Um, I don't think you're going to see this on everyone's bookshelf. Oh no. So I gave it a 5.75. All right. That's pretty fair. I'm a little crazy about it. I have to admit. I I like picture books, and I've said this before, that take big swings, that dare to do something different. And I think this book succeeds not just because it's weird, but because it's emotionally resonant. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's honest in its emotions. It it could just play this all off as like a big joke. It would be right. very easy to do. Be like, I've got seven little daddies, and oh no, one got flushed down the toilet, you know. But this book isn't doing that. It's really going through the emotional logistics of when you have a family that doesn't look like other people's. And, the, you know, as a kid, you notice this and you're embarrassed by it and then realize that your family is just as legitimate as anyone else's family. And I think that really speaks to things. It's not a coincidence that she um, probably did one of the best picture books, one of the earliest best picture books I'd seen called Mini Mia, uh, and her darling uncle about a girl who's jealous about her uncle's boyfriend. Um, and I had not seen gay characters just being human and not like, this book's about being gay before. Um, and she was really one of the first people to do that. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this book. This is going to be high. This is going to be high. I'm giving this an eight. I love it. Okay. Well, with our scores combined, it's a classic. Yay! It's a classic! Cult classic, definitely. Letters time! Ooh. All right. So, uh, first we need to ask you, you took a banana poll. I did. How were the results? Okay, and we should explain, you did a banana poll for a reason. 
the last book was about an officer who was so anti-banana that he recruited all the kids in the land to be anti-banana. No, that, that yep. wasn't, that wasn't that was, actually the that was, that was it was Officer Buckle and Gloria, and he has an anti-banana patch because of the peel, obviously. He thinks people would, it's like the representation of unsafety. And you said that bananas taste like soap, and I said bananas I said are, they were God's failed attempt at soap. I said they're delicious. We took a poll. People are pro-banana. Oh, okay. People on Instagram are pro-banana. Allow me to read aloud to you what Twitter had to say. First of all, we have Stephanie, the third sister, third sister, who wrote, Power to the banana despisers among us. I even solidified my justified banana hate in a piece for the Washington Post a few years ago. And then she linked to the piece, Yes, I still hate bananas. And then Mrs. Arkban wrote, Because they're nasty. And Kara Oberg said, Team Banana Despisers Forever. I blame liquid, oh, and this is hard to say, erythromycin for my banana hate that beep was gross. Gerald Connors said, I'm not so vehemently against bananas as you two, but your article nailed it. There's no worse fruit to find warm, bruised, and stinking in your lunchbox than a banana. And then he linked to the article, we could lose bananas forever. So you're just reading the 21% of people that hate bananas. Meanwhile, the 79% of people that love bananas. It's just my people don't vote. Uh-huh. See, that's the thing. Sure. I'm the I'm the moral majority okay. here. Okay. Are there other letters, <laughs> Betsy? There were. Um, Lark, the cousin? Yeah. She, yes. Yeah. Sure. sure. Said, um, complimented you by saying, malasadas. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. Best thing my ancestors created. Also, Portuguese shortbread. And Gerald also found this. He says, my favorite Peggy Rathman, this was the person who wrote Officer Buckle and Gloria, story is how her first picture book attempt was a 150-page epic. And he found this piece in the San Francisco Chronicle from February 2005. And he says, if this thing still exists, I would love to see it and make it on the shelves. All right. Yeah. Grown-up things we like. So I entered a raffle to win cheap tickets to Broadway and Chicago's show Come From Away, The Remarkable True Story, which I had never heard of the show before. Oh, you never heard of the show before? Nope, never heard the music. Oh, we've been obsessed with it for months Didn't know what it was about. So if anyone isn't familiar with it, it's about 9-11 in Canada, where 38, 36 planes were diverted to this small town in Canada that went from like 9,000 residents to then 7,000 people from all these different planes coming. And in five days, the musical is about how they took care of these people, fed them. Um, it's in Newfoundland. Got, yes. And uh, and the music's good. Um, our cousin's husband's brother is the drummer for the tour. It's an ensemble piece, so there's no one main character for you to really cling on to, which I kind of found frustrating. Um, so I would not say this is my favorite play or musical, but it is entertaining and it's catchy and I like the music. I especially like the music. Um, so if you get the chance and you want to go watch a good musical about Canadians on 9-11, go check out Come From Away. <laughs> and we will. I, I had already bought tickets before you won your tickets and we were planning on seeing it. Uh, we'll be seeing it tomorrow, in fact. You'll have a good time. Yeah, I, I know we will. My 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 daughter loves it. Um has been listening to music nonstop. And so when we heard it was in Chicago, we, we figured we had to see it. But my grown-up thing I like is that in two weeks, I'm going to Bologna, baby. Oh, there you I'm go. I'm going to the Bologna Book Fair, the largest children's rights fair of children's books anywhere. 
Um, it should be fun. I thought I'd be kind of like lonely because I didn't know if any other Americans I knew were going to be there. But it turns out Junko Yokata, who's here in town with me and also, funny coincidence, happened to head up the Hans Christian Andersen Award, which they're giving away there. Uh, she said she'd be my guide. She She's hooking me up with meeting all sorts of people. I, uh... And uh, she said uh, we were going to eat a lot of gelato. She says she knows all the gelato places. She's going to take it, me there. We're going to do like, you know, like when people do like those like uh, those bar runs. We're just going to do a gelato run. Just... I, you're not going to eat bologna in Bologna? Yeah. You, um, you, you could. Sure, sweetie. Come on. Sure. That's, that's where bologna comes from. Yes. I'm not yes, saying it's it, from there. I'm saying you need a, you need a picture uh, with a caption that says eating bologna in bologna. I'll just take like, I'll take it with me on the plane and then I'll get next to like the welcome bologna thing. I'll just be like, ah, and just like bologna have like, a and bologna. bologna. It's just fun to say. Yeah. That's gross. But yeah, <laughs> it should be a fun trip. So yay. Cool. Looking forward to that. Should All be right. nice. And yeah, so I guess um, next week we probably should we should do a St. Patrick's Day book, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it'll be our like our, it is our moment right around the corner. I am very good. I have reserved not just a St. Patrick's Day book. I have also reserved an Easter book ahead of time, so we will have these classic books that people every year are like, you should do them, and I'm always like, I go to the library and they're all checked out because I do it like the day of this <laughs> recording, to be perfectly frank, and this year. This year will be different. I have reserved these books beforehand. If you guys want to guess what either the St. Patrick's Day or the Easter picture book classics are, the Easter one's easy. Um, but I don't think you're going to get the St. Patrick's Day, but I could be wrong. Uh, feel free to email us yet again at fusegate8 at gmail.com. I mean, we did two St. Patrick's Day books one year. So. We did. We kind of like, yeah, that was not a good idea. We were using up all our good stuff there. So, <laughs> yeah, no, this year we got one and it's a classic. Maybe. Or maybe it's not. We'll find out. We will. And until we do find out, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our baloney from Bologna is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.